Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says this, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. This is Paul speaking in the book of Acts. Be shepherds of the church of God, he says, which he bought with his own blood. Say that with me, which he bought with his own blood. How many of you know that's the blood of Jesus that he's talking about? Well, I found it interesting because a lot of times people don't want to talk about the blood anymore in church, but the blood is relevant to life in the church. A Christian lives by the blood of Jesus. It's all by the power of the blood of Jesus that we're even in here tonight. And um, there's, a, there's a man that's a Christian archaeologist that's really well known. He's passed away now. And many of you might have seen documentaries of some of the stuff that he discovered, but his name is Ron Wyatt. How many of you know who I'm talking about? No? <clears throat> well, it's on a lot of the different Christian uh, channels. There's documentaries. This man, this godly man that was an archaeologist, made many discoveries of just biblical relics and biblical sites. He actually discovered where Noah's Ark was. He actually discovered where uh, the uh, cross of Calvary was. And underneath the cross of Calvary, in a cave, he found the Ark of the Covenant. There's people that will dispute it. There's scientists that will dispute it. There's media that will dispute it. But something got confirmed not too many years ago, uh, and it's all because of the testing of uh, DNA. Because of technology today, those things were confirmed. When he found the Ark of the Covenant, um, he found dark stains on the mercy seat. And he took samples of that. And he asked people, where's the best lab there in Israel, the best geneticist that I can take this this piece of uh, blood? He believed that it was. He didn't know for sure. And he said, where I can get it tested. And and many people told him where to go. And he takes it to this place. And I'm not going to tell the rest of the story because I want him to tell it. I'm going to show a little video clip, or actually it's an audio clip, about him telling the story because I can't relay to you the heart and the passion and the sincerity and the genuineness that he relays about what happened, what they found when they tested this blood and what they say. And so, but through the power of technology, they can now confirm a person's genetic makeup by their DNA. Or it's DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid. It's a self-replicating material present in nearly all living organisms as the main constituent of chromosomes. It's a carrier of genetic information. And in this day and age, we hear about it all the time through forensic science, through DNA testing to find out about your heritage. But I believe that it's no mistake that this time in this age is right when he found the Ark of the Covenant so that they could, that they can verify that that is true, that it wasn't a man. It wasn't another man that impregnated our uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. It was by the Holy Ghost, just as she had said. And so I don't believe it's a mistake that his father is not of this world. And that was confirmed through DNA, through technology today. So we see Mary give birth to Jesus, Jesus being his name and Christ being his character, the anointed one. And it confirms the testimony of Mary and Joseph that she was impregnated by the Holy Ghost and that it was a supernatural birth. 
And the birth of Jesus, it was planned from the beginning of time because Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapter 7, verse 14 says, therefore the Lord prophesying. He says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And then if you skip on through the, to the, into the New Covenant, into the New Testament, uh, Matthew 1 and 20, it's verified again when it says that an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said to Joseph, Mary's husband, Joseph, son of David, before it was actually her husband, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son and you are to give his name Jesus. Give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And this took, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah. Again, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. In John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God, and the word was with God. And then you skip down further into verse 14, and it says that the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us, and that we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, speaking of Jesus, who came from the Father full of grace and full of mercy. So the word became flesh, and he dwelt, and he walked among us. That was Jesus Christ. And so I want to talk to you briefly about the blood of Jesus. And I think most of y'all probably think how I think that life begins at conception, right? I don't know. I, I think life begins at conception. And, and the blood, the genetic information, the DNA is formed and passed down at that time from the mother and from the father. And I hate blood. I, could stand, I couldn't be a nurse. I couldn't be a doctor. And kudos to everyone that can handle being around it. But I can't. But the only time I get excited about talking about the blood is when I talk about the blood of Jesus because of what it's done for me. And that's kind of the only time I can even handle talking about the blood. Uh, but he was nailed to a cross on Calvary, and he endured it. All the pain, all the suffering. It wasn't, it wasn't a beautiful thing, guys. You've probably seen the passion of Christ. It was a glory thing. It was glory, but it was on the way to glory for us, for our sake. He did it all for us, but it was all through the blood. And he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of all of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, the word of God says, we are healed. Mind, body, and soul physically, emotionally, and spiritually, especially spiritually. He gives us that promise that he bore those stripes on his back. The blood was shed for us. And then he went on to the crucifixion. But when you study the blood, you learn that life is in the blood. And without blood, we would all die. And it's vital for our existence that we have blood inside us. There's power in the blood, and that power is the fact that it gives all of us life. I gave platelets one time. I don't know if anyone in here has ever done platelets. Given blood, no problem for me. I don't feel weak or anything, but I gave platelets, platelets one time for this little boy that needed it. And when I was on that table laying there for, I can't remember how long it was. It's been so many years ago. But 
right towards the end before they were, I don't know, they process it somehow and then they put it back in you, right? They, they, take, they take the blood out and then they process it, take the platelets out of that and then somehow they put it, you know, back inside of you. Well, towards the end of that, I started feeling really empty. I started feeling, and I, and, and I realized what was going on is because the blood, there was so much blood that they had taken out of me. I was starting to feel weak, and I literally felt like life was starting to leave me from giving platelets. How many of y'all have done that, and you know what I'm talking about? Anybody? I don't know if you felt that way, but I felt like the life was leaving me, and then I guess it was coming right back in me, and I just kind of felt that oh, kind of rejuvenated again, but it's a really crazy feeling, but their life is in the blood, and just like we can't live without blood, a Christian without the blood is like fresh, is without flesh, without breath, it's lifeless, and and we often get excited about the things that God is doing, and we so should, about the land that is exciting, I want to shout that God has done that for us, but oftentimes we get excited about different things and material things, that God does, which is the benefits of God, which is the plan of God for our lives. That's the blessings of God that come into our lives. But we don't always shout about the blood because no one wants to talk about the blood. And we should get just as excited about the blood because some of us have forgotten what it means to be covered under the blood. And we have to remember to reverence and respect the blood of Jesus that he shed for us. And there's this new interest going on in our heritage and learning about our DNA. I am one of those fanatics. I got my DNA, not really fanatic, but I just think it's awesome because I've always been curious. I've heard stories from my family, from my Papaw Savoy. Uh, he's Cajun French, and I knew we had a lot of French blood. And, and I heard stories about our lineage, and I, I heard about our German uh, uh, family, and I've heard about our Irish and our Scottish. And you know what? I got my blood test done, and it was pretty accurate, but there was a bunch of other little things in there because through the years, you get blood through the generation over generation. For, and I mean, it, so it goes back. I got blood from Scandinavia. I think I even got 1% African somewhere in there. And, and I was shocked, and 1% Jew. Uh, well, no, I had 1% Jew, and then they changed it. I was like, ah. Oh. But You know, learning about our DNA, knowing what we come from, it's exciting to learn those things, right? We see commercials on TV all the time about it, Ancestry.com, that's what I use. And nowadays, you don't even have to get a blood, you don't have to send your blood in, you can spit in a tube and send it. So even just through your saliva, that's how advanced technology has become. Years ago, they did it through just blood testing, but now they can do it through, you know, other, other means. And so... It's fascinating, this fascination with everyone wanting to know and understand their heritage and their DNA. And I found out something really cool on my mom's side. I found out, which I I had heard, but I never knew that it was true or not. But because of the French blood, years ago, there was, uh, my mom's maiden name was Savoy. And there was a, a house, what's called the House of Savoy. You can look it up on Google. House of Savoy that was in Uh, between France and Italy, and it was actually a monarchy from the years 1000 to like the 1600s or so, and they're a very strong Catholic family uh, at that time, and they actually had possession of what was called the Shroud of Turin, and I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the Shroud of Turin. I know Miss Mary Pierce Pierre's uh, wife and I have talked about it many times because she has seen a lot of documentaries on the Shroud of Turin. And the Shroud of Turin is supposedly the covering that was used to wrap up Jesus. And supposedly it was in their possession for many years. 
in, in, and it's in a place in Turin, Italy now, or yeah, Turin, Italy. But uh, for years it was in the house of Savoy, and now they house it in the Turin of Italy, and it's still there. Well, they got recently got access to uh, some of that, <coughs> a piece of that, where they believed that there was dried blood, and they actually tested it, and it came out the same as the test of the, mer- the blood that was on the mercy seat that this man, Ron Wyatt, discovered. Just confirming that our Messiah was born, just confirming that he, his true divinity was real. When people want to doubt it, when people want to try to believe that Jesus was just another man, Jesus was just a prophet, no, Jesus was the Messiah. And one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins. We know that. That's why we're here today. And we couldn't, we couldn't be just any, it couldn't be just any blood. It had to come from our Heavenly Father. It had to come from our Heavenly Father. So our Father in Heaven sent His only begotten Son, you know the Scripture, into the world just so that all of us can be saved. But it wasn't that easy. He had to become like us before He could save us. And so if you're taking notes, I'm finally kind of getting into it, this, uh, my points that I want to make tonight. If you're taking notes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell an acronym just to kind of have a, a memory, something that will be a memory peg for you to remember this sermon, even if you're not taking notes. But I'm going to spell out the word paid, okay? So if you're taking notes, P, we're starting right now with P. And in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, 1 Corinthians 5 and 7 says that Jesus was our Passover lamb. Jesus was that sacrificial lamb that came and died for us. What does that mean, Pastor Don? What that means is, well, if you understand the Bible in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, under the law, in Exodus chapter 12, if you've ever read the story about the ten plagues, the ten plagues, because the Israelites were in bondage and slavery in Egypt, and, and, and God wanted to free his people, and God used Moses And God used Aaron at that time. And God tried to tell Pharaoh through them, let my people go. And over and over and over again, it was no. It was no. He sent some horrible plagues. But on the 10th plague is when Pharaoh finally listened. And the reason why is because it got really personal. Because on the 10th plague, he said that he was going to kill the firstborn of everyone's children. And the only way that your life could be spared, well, they didn't know this. Only the Hebrews were told this. They were commanded to get a lamb. And that lamb, they were to get the blood, to slay the lamb. And get the blood of that lamb that night and put it on the doorpost. Over the doorpost of every household was going to have the blood on it. And wherever the blood was applied... The angel of death passed over those homes. And all of Pharaoh and all of the Egyptian people, their firstborn children were, were killed that night by the death angel. And the Hebrew children were saved, but it was only because of the blood of the sacrificial lamb. Fast forward and skip to the New Testament. The Old Testament is a foreshadowing of the New Testament. So in the New Testament, Jesus Christ comes, and he became that sacrificial lamb for all of us. Once and for all, the price was paid when he died on Calvary for every one of us. And so God executed judgment, and if they weren't covered by the blood of the lamb, they didn't make it. 
And this, the Israelites, as I said, were set free because of the blood that was on the doorpost. But now, because of the blood of Jesus that's over the doorpost of our hearts, we too now have access. We too now are set free. We too now are delivered, but it's only because of the blood of the Lamb. And that's Jesus. And the book of Hebrews 9 tells us that Jesus has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself and offered one sacrifice for sins forever. It was taken care of at Calvary forever. It was taken care of once and for all. John the Baptist, when Christ came to him to be baptized, he looked at him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, but through the power of the blood, we have been redeemed in this place tonight. But it was through the power of the blood. There's power in the blood. Say that with me. There's power in the blood. Are y'all getting, y'all get that? I know it's not a popular topic to talk about the power of the blood or to talk about blood, but like I said, I'm getting excited just thinking about it because that's the only way to heaven is through the power of the blood. If he didn't come, if he didn't send his only son, man, God manifested in the flesh, we wouldn't even be sitting here tonight. We wouldn't even have a chance at heaven, but God in his goodness, God in his mercy, God in his grace sent his only begotten son. And without without the shedding of the blood, there would be no remission of sins. It was because of the blood that the veil was torn in two. You remember on Calvary when Jesus was crucified and there was an earthquake and they said that the veil of the temple, Caleb did an outstanding job two weeks ago uh, showing you the graphic about the temple and he showed you the outer courts where the Gentiles could go and the inner and the, and the other court, outer court, but it was where the Jewish people could go. And then further and further to the Holy of Holies, there was a veil. And it wasn't just some little thin little curtain, guys. This thing was massive. This thing was thick if you study history. And you couldn't just go up to that thing and just rip it like that. That thing was so thick. And when Jesus was crucified, that was a sign from heaven and a sign from God that, that, that Jesus was the Messiah and our deliverer because before when they couldn't get to God, only the priests could get to the Holy of Holies, and that was only one time a year. Anytime anyone else would try, they would be killed instantly. That was the judgment of God. That was the Old Testament. That was the law. But in our new dispensation of grace through Jesus Christ, because the veil was torn at that moment, we now have access to enter in to our own relationship with God. And not by works, but through the power of the blood. And that was the moment it happened. And he tore down. The wall of separation for us once and for all. The price was paid. And the next thing is adoption. Because of the blood of Jesus, we are now now called the sons of God. Isn't that exciting? Galatians 4 and 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption. As sons, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, 
crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Can I tell you, if you are in here tonight and you don't have a parent, or if you have a parent, you are adopted still into the kingdom of God, with or without parents. He's our heavenly father. We are all the children of God in here. And so adoption. <coughs> we are grafted into the family of God. John 1 John 3 and 1 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that he should call us the children of God. You see, when I took on the name of Jesus, and I remember that day so well, and when I accepted him and confessed with my mouth, I repented of my sins, and then I made the choice and the decision to be obedient to the word of God and get baptized. And when I got baptized and went under that water, I took on his name. So my name wasn't just Don Allison Kirk Rivera anymore. It was Don Allison Kirk Rivera Jesus now because he was added to my name because I have the blood of Jesus over me. I have his DNA, and so do you. That's not just for me. That's for every one of us in here. And I understand this now more than ever because I lost my dad years ago, lost my mom this year, and I, I, I remember feeling that feeling after I lost my dad. That, that there was just a different depthness when I prayed to God. And when I would say, Father, help me, there was a different depthness. I knew he adored me. I knew he loved me. It's like I just had this, this revelation and understanding of his greater love for me than I had ever felt before. And recently, I, I, I was at work and talking to this man, and we were talking, and I, we, we just, I don't even know how we got on the subject. And I told him, you know, that I had recently lost my mom, and yeah, that my dad, and he asked, what do you have your dad? And I said, no, I have no, he goes, oh, you're an orphan like me. Whew, boy, I'm telling you, sorrow hit my heart in an instant, but in an instant, God turned it around. It was so awesome, because I felt so grieved in that moment, because I never thought of that word. I never thought, oh, I'm an orphan now. But the Holy Ghost inside of me just jumped up and quickened my spirit and said, no, you are not an orphan. You are a child of God. You are, now, you are a child of God. You will never be alone. I am your father. <coughs> it was a powerful moment for me because I could have been so grievous, but yet at the same time I had so much joy in my soul and so much peace came over me in that moment. And he calls us a holy generation a royal priesthood. And he says, now my blood flows. My blood flows. His blood flows, Karen. His blood flows and through all of our veins now. We are no longer just our own, but we are part of his DNA, the family of God. <coughs> and then I, and I'm trying to get there, guys. And then I, <coughs> inheritance, because of the blood of Jesus, you now have a spiritual inheritance. He calls us heirs of God through Christ, and there are benefits in the kingdom of God that we have because we are heirs of his kingdom. Peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. That's three right there, peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. We have that right. Ephesians 1 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, <coughs> the forgiveness of sins, and in him also we have obtained an inheritance. And I may not have Jewish blood like I thought I had in my veins, like you, babe. His test revealed 
uh, Jewish blood, like 5%. We're like, what? (coughs) You got Jewish blood. But I can say that I'm a spiritual Jew. And every one of you in here, too, can say, I'm a spiritual Jew. You can say it. Say it right now. I'm a spiritual Jew. And there are benefits with being a spiritual Jew. We have the same benefits as a natural Jew has. Did you know that? Because the word of God in the New Testament says it's one and the same now. Gentiles and Jews, it's all the same. One new man, it says. (coughs) And when the blood of Jesus is applied over your life, the Bible says it covers a multitude of sins. It's not an inheritance, though, in monetary things or the sense of material wealth or things like that. It's better. It's spiritual. We are heaven-bound folks. We have the promise that we are going to be in heaven one day, and heaven is for real. Believe me, when you have been with someone that has faced death and you see what God does for them at the end of their life, you know that heaven is a real thing. With my mom (coughs) on her deathbed the night that she passed away, I had told God, please, Lord, let me be awake. Please let me know, Lord, that let her know that I'm right there with her. Because it was in the middle of the night. I I just knew she was going to go through the middle of the night. I was so tired from having to take care of her. And and I fell asleep. But I was holding her hand. And when I was holding her hand at 2.30 in the morning, something came in the room. And it was the presence of God. It was his angels. I don't know how it happened. All I know is I felt it all over my body. I felt him and I said in my sleep still, I said to my stepdad, I said, God is in the room. She's about to go. And then I woke up my, uh, I opened my eyes. And in 30 seconds, my mom went and that presence went too. Heaven is for real. Heaven is for real. And we're heaven bound because of the blood. (coughs) We have a hope that is so much bigger than this world. And I think I realize it more the older I get. When you're young, you don't think about it so much. You're young, you're vibrant, your life is, it, it's just different. The older I get, I'm midlife now, I'm getting closer to 50, I think about it now. But you know what? Now that I've experienced some things with people towards the end of their life, I'm not scared. I'm excited. I have peace about it. When the Lord wants to take me home, I'm not, I'm not scared about it because I know it's going to be an awesome thing. There's not going to be any more tears. There's not going to be any more sorrow. There's not going to be any more grief. No more bills. Amen. We're not going to have to have worries anymore. We're just going to be worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're going to see our loved ones again. But it's not by works that any man can boast. It's by the blood. And when we get to heaven and God asks us that question, what did, we, what did we do to deserve to be here we can't say, oh, I, I, I went to church all the time. I can't say, oh, I was the pastor's wife. I learned that. <coughs> oh, that's another story I was about to tell, but I'll tell you all that another time. But I, I, I can't say that. But what I can say, what we can say is because of the blood. It wasn't by our own works. It wasn't by anything that we did. But it was because of the blood that we, we deserve to go to heaven. And that would be my answer. And this spiritual inheritance includes access to our needs here on earth as well. The inheritance, there's a heavenly inheritance, but we have benefits here on earth as children of of God on this earth. We're entitled to what belongs to him because we share his DNA, which means we live in him, but in turn he also lives 
inside of us. And the message of the cross, it was a bloody thing, but it was a powerful thing at the same time. And his blood deals with our past, but it also empowers our future. So it takes care of our past. That's the, that's the spiritual inheritance of eternity. But it deals with our present to empower us for our future or anything that we're going through. So the blood didn't just take away what we did deserve, but it's so powerful it gave us what we didn't deserve. He did enough when, when he took away sin, death, hell, and the grave, uh, but he did even more for us because he gave us power through deliverance. He allowed us to have the blood to set us free, and it's because of the blood that we have liberty. Amen? Who's got liberty in this place? We've got liberty, and it's because of the power of the blood. Whom the Son has set free? It's free indeed. Hallelujah. We should get excited about that. And another thing we have access and we have the ability to do is we can plead the blood of Jesus. And that is a protection over us. And I did this with all of my children. And I wish Haley was in here tonight. But I did it since they were little in prayer time. Then when they started going to school, as soon as they, before they got out of the car, and they thought I was weird, and that's okay. I came from a... Uh, 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 holiness apostolic background and that's what we learned to do and so I learned that and it's a powerful thing but I would lay hands on them every time I went like you know da -da -da -da, you know speaking in tongues over them right before they got out of the car trying to embarrass them but I would lay my hands on their little leg and I said I plead the blood of Jesus over my child today and let me tell you it works to plead the blood of Jesus to plead the protection of God around your children Haley got attacked at the college. The man's in prison now, long story. But when he was trying to take her and put her in his truck, she, and out of her voice, said, Jesus, help me. And many of you have heard this story. But I'm telling you, it's because also I pled the blood of Jesus over her for so long and that it stayed with her. And everywhere she goes, the favor of God surrounds her like a shield. It's a protection. And she got loose from that man, and he is in prison now. But I believe in pleading the blood of Jesus over your family, over your children, over your church family, over your home. There is power in the blood. That story could have turned out so awful, but thank God it didn't because of the blood of Jesus. And so Jesus, we see him 100% man, 100% God. He feels how we feel. He knows how we know. He struggled how we struggled, but he was without sin. That was the difference because he was God in the flesh. And because he understood our humanity, he stuck out to the necessity of his assignment and endured the cross for you and for I. And he shed his blood. Say, he shed his blood for me. That's powerful. Say, I, he shed his blood for me. He knew that we would fail him at times. He knew that we would make mistakes at times, all of us. He understands our humanity, and because of that, that's why he shed his blood for me. No greater love has no man than to give his life for another, and that's what he did. The blood was, a, since we're talking about, well, it's Christmas time, the blood was a gift from God. That's powerful. The blood was a gift from God, his only begotten son, and he gave, he gave. And then the last one, B, DNA. 
And that's just it. I don't have a lot to say about that. I have. Go say it with me. I have the DNA of Jesus. Say it with confidence. You should be confident. I have the DNA of Jesus. His name is over me. His name, his blood, it covers me. And through the blood, we become recipients of his blessings, of being in the makeup of Jesus. There's wonder-working power. How many of y'all know there's power? There's power. There's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want to close with this. Revelations 12 and 11 says this because this is in Revelations. And, they, and a lot of you probably know this. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. How many of you have overcome by the blood of the Lamb? And how many of you have a testimony that God has done for you? We all got stories of the goodness of God and all he's done. And I want to leave you with this last thought. Jesus' blood paid your salvation in full. Paid. Paid. He paid it. It's done. It's paid for. And if you're in here tonight and you have never given your heart to Jesus, it starts with one step, repentance. Asking him to forgive you of all of your sins. And his blood wants to cover you. His blood wants to sanctify you. His blood wants to cleanse you. His blood wants to deliver you. His blood wants to set you free. There's power in his blood. And if you need him tonight, if you have never confessed him with your mouth and believed on him, and on him with your heart, he wants to do something special for you tonight. And if you've done that and you're in here and you're struggling, then you just need to remind the devil who you belong to. And you need to say, I have the blood of Jesus in my life. I'm a child of God. I carry his DNA in my veins. And my Father shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. For he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. His children will never go without if he clothes the little birds and the sparrows, how much more is he going to take care of, of his children? Do you not have Christmas presents tonight for your kids? Remind God of that. God will take care of you. If, and if it's a necessity like clothes, if it's food, if he, be, if he feeds the little birds, how much more is he going to feed you? If he clothes the lilies in the valley, how much more does he take care of his children who love him? and who are called according to his purpose. The blood of Jesus. And it all started on this time that we celebrate. It started at conception. The blood, he received blood from his father. The DNA of God came and impregnated Mary at this time that we are celebrating now. But to really think about the end of the the blood on Calvary and what he did is so much more powerful and we celebrate that today amen aren't y'all thankful God is so good isn't he our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live give and love like Jesus if our ministry has impacted you in any way we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org 
can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.